here it is, the final installment of the John Waters 70 series. This is Psychotronic Cast. My name is Alec Berg, and joining me, as always, this time in the flesh and in the trailer, it's fitting for a John Waters film. Okay. Derek Estes, you can and you should subscribe to us on whatever social media platform or podcast platform that you're listening to this on. We have an email, psychotronicast at gmail.com, website, psychotronicast.com, and a Patreon. Search for us at Psychotronicast. What do you know? All right, so without further ado, Derek, what the hell are you getting us into? Uh, so now we're uh, polishing things off with Desperate Living. Uh, yeah, this was the, uh, the his last film of the 70s, and it's kind of like right in between uh, you know, Female Trouble and then eventually like Polyester. So it's, it's also the only one of these movies um, that doesn't have Divine in it. Uh, yeah, Divine was off shooting, uh, I think, uh, Women Behind Bars or like a play at this time. It just wasn't available to be in the movie. Uh, so he recast uh, the part as Mole uh, with uh, Susan Lowe. Um, but yeah, this is m- like one of his just most unusual and uh, kind of not as uh, well-known movies. But it's got some like, really great stuff. And like Mink Stoll in particular has like some really amazing... She's really, I, it's just been so fun to watch her like grow up as an actress over mm-hmm. these past four films, and now she's just like a star in mm-hmm. my eyes. I love Mink Stoll so much. Her early, like, her character is uh, uh, Peggy Gravel, which is such a great name, and she's like, it's kind of like super like melodramatic, like she's been released from the hospital and she like lives in like suburban, like, Baltimore, and she goes on this crazy tirade in the beginning, like, she just has this completely, just this unreasonable, like, fit. And there's so many, like, funny, like, different segments to it. But there's one part where she answers the phone and she, like, freaks out. And for years, um, I had, like, or years ago, I had that as my outgoing answering machine message. uh, Because I used to have a phone number that had previously been used by this, uh, like, Stagecraft Northwest, like, business. And people would call this number all the time, every fucking day, but we just never changed our phone number, because we were like, whatever, but, um, so it was the best, and people, like, some people will, like, freak out and call again multiple times, because she's just like, what number are you calling? Like, you've lost 30 seconds of my life. Yes. I hate you, I hate your family. It's great. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I, I think it was way, way back in the day, you actually showed me that opening sequence. Oh, really? I, maybe when I was, like, walking out the door or something, I don't yeah, know why probably. we just start that movie and just stop, but I remember watching the first five minutes of that film at your place a zillion years ago, and I was wondering when we were watching it just a moment ago, like, oh, fuck, have I seen this movie? I just, whatever, and then it immediately goes to where it goes. I'm like, oh, no, I've never seen this. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's crazy. I thought with um, these John Waters movies, because you're like, multiple maniacs like oh look at this freak show and like pink flamingos this is like the big gross out one oh my god and then you know going into female trouble i'm like all right well he's gonna like you know let up on all that and it's like it's its own kind of crazy yeah and then with this one desperate living i'm like well there's nowhere for else for him to go like he did it all like now this is gonna be and even like the opening sequence with like the credits and like you know, the fine dining and, like, the salad fork and, like, the different knives. And, sure, they're serving rat, whatever. <laughs> but you're like, okay, like, this is a touch of class. <laughs> yeah, At least totally. there's, maybe it's going to be some, like, psycho melodrama where you're just watching, like, an English version of Tillamundo or something. And then immediately they go to, like, what I can only imagine is, like, the greatest part of Burning Man. <laughs> and then, like, whatever else is happening in there, I'm like, oh, no, John always just finds a way to just, like, I I just I know freaks and I know weird and I'm the king just of filth and this is why yeah he just created a world he's world building now oh, I mean yeah. his brain is just 
unlike any other. There's just so much stuff going on. Like he obviously he loves The Wizard of Oz. It's one of his favorite movies, and so this is almost like his Wizard of Oz, uh, where Peggy and then her maid uh, Griselda. Uh, he's played by Gene Hill, who was another one of those people who became kind of a star. Same with Edith Massey. They both became um, kind of like really popular, like in the like late seventies, early eighties, as like novelty calendars and stuff. Like the pinup, you'd always see like, those like novelty cards, and it'd usually be like yeah, Gene Hill and Edith Massey all the time. Um, and she also has a small part in Polyester, where she's like the church lady who ends up biting the the hole in the tire of the bus, the city bus. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they are so great. So they like are on the run after killing Peggy's husband. Uh, yeah, and they just end up, they run into like, the police officer who's yeah. like, he's got some like kind of panty fixation. And then he's like, he's the one who tells them about Mortville. You're heading after Mortville, like murderers can live there. Whatever. And they end up like basically just leaving him, just riding in his own. It's cool like, too because it feels like super like elementary like this the, the logic of this world where it's just like all right we killed this husband and now we're on the run for five minutes and now we're getting pulled over by a bike cop that knows exactly who we are and we're already wanted for murder and they know who mm-hmm. did it and it's just like all right we'll let you get away if you kiss me and give me your underwear all right now walk into those woods for two seconds and you're going to be in mortville and you're in this whole other world and i just like that oh like it, so besides great. all the kinky weird stuff like a five-year-old could have written that written that premise oh yeah like totally. it's like the same kind of like that's how they think the world works and it's so great that it that he just executes it and yeah you say like you know he's obsessed with the wizard of oz and that's why it's so colorful but it also kind of reminded me of blood feast which he always oh, talks yeah. about like herschel gordon lewis and stuff but just like the eye popping colors of like everything Definitely. i'm like this really feels like blood feast or something yeah especially with the gore and stuff that he you know he uses it has that super that kind of gnarly, crazy, bright blood red um, level of gore is so good. Yeah, they end up like getting out to Marvel and there's like, it's just like a crazy, like a homeless camp. Or we just, it kind of looks like a lot of Portland right now. It looks like downtown Portland. Um, but uh, yeah, she ends up, they are trying to find a place to stay and they meet Mole, who's just like the most, in it, like, Susan Lowe was in, like, I know she's um, in some of the other like movies and she's like a normal, attractive looking woman. Um, but they make her look so fucked up and terrifying. Like, they have all these, like, scabs and moles and shit all over her face. The cut, crazy buzz cut. And she's just, like, so tough and scary. And then she, like, rents them that room and there's, like, a dead bum in the, the bed. Yes. And then it's like, oh, I'll get the, the stiff out of here. We skipped over one dead thing. They run over a dead dog in the middle <laughs> yeah, of the, the road. It is wild on the way <laughs> to Mortville. I just, it's... It's so gnarly. It's crazy. It's almost like, um... Not like subliminal, it's a few more frames than that, but it's just like, bah, 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 and then like it's like one beat, and then you're back in the car, and you're like, they just ran over a fucking dog, dead dog. Oh, yeah. Like, it's insane. I want to say that the there aren't many special features with, I mean, there's only the commentary on this one, and this is a hard DVD to find. Same with um, Pink Flamingos for all the rights issues or whatever. But I would pay just like 50 bucks. Just I want a compilation of John Waters um, giving direction to his actors in these films. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because they're all kind of giving, like, the same... Like, I can see Divine doing the performance. Yeah. Or whatever, and which, like... It's it, the way he writes that dialogue. Yeah. And he has him, like, shout everything. Exactly. I just, like, want to see John acted out in front of them just to be <laughs> like, all right, this is what I want you to do. You're going to come in, and you're going to... Whatever, but he's saying it, like... It's, like, tactile, and he's, like, probably being, like, business about it because he's, like, time is money, and it's, like, I've got everything on this... Writing on this thing, but to just, like, deliver it 
just so straight face all right now you go and then like you know they start filming and it's just like this insane masterpiece it's so good yeah it's so great he's something else yeah you also have uh mole so the the real star of the film with the headliner is uh liz renee who was like she was a popular it girl she was never like really like a, a film star but she was like the woman who was fucking all the celebrities and whatever like she uh like she wrote a couple books. One of them was uh, my first two thousand men, and she talks about like all the guys she was uh, whatever having flings with, like Joe DiMaggio, Regis Philbin, Glenn Ford, Cary Grant, on and on. But she was um, also dating Mickey Cohen, and because of like whatever like his trial, she ended up being convicted of perjury and had to spend time on Terminal Island for like hmm. whatever like twenty seven months or something. So she was kind of like the most notorious. It goes kind of like. The, uh, Barbara Payton, who wrote I'm Not Ashamed, who was actually a starlet that ended up, like, within 10 years just becoming, like, a prostitute. Um, Who's the other one you were talking... You gave me your book. I still haven't read it. The Eve... Oh, Eve Babbitt. Yeah, she's yeah. a whole other deal. But yeah, she's also uh, amazing. She's, like... Yeah. Eve, Eve is... Eve is great. Um, but, yeah, so she is... You know, still, you know, looks pretty great. She's, like, about 50 years old uh, when they made this movie. And she's still got that kind of like the starlet, 50 starlet like looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's dating Mole, and this is all this kind of like back and forth as far as like how she really wants a real man. And there's all this kind of, um, this movie is kind of like a big like uh, like lesbian theme, I guess, through the movie. And it caused a bit of a scandal at the time when it came out because, uh, you know, Especially, I mean, now people are, like, very uptight about a lot of things, but uh, gay people were really upset about a lot of the way that things were being portrayed in the 70s and 80s and even just the, ni- the 90s. Movies are constantly being um, protested and boycotted, like, obviously Cruising and Basic Instinct. Sounds um, of the Lambs. Yeah, totally. So this definitely didn't appeal to a lot of mine. Apparently, also, the title of Desperate Living was the name of, like, an old lesbian magazine uh, that had gone away. But uh, so but this is so much stuff that is just so crazy. I think now more lesbians find it, you know, find it impl- you know, fun. <laughs> it's fun. Um, I mean, know, the, the, the way a straight that, white know, guy. But the way that a lot of gay men have uh, reclaimed cruising. So and it's also I mean, it's John Waters. So it's definitely there's a, a lot of the queer perspective. But it's just not um, a lot of things just don't come across as PC. Especially like I imagine trans people are just like I mean anyone who would see this and think this has anything to do with. The, uh, you know, trans anything um, is no one thinks that. Uh, there's actually a point where there's this ongoing thing about a lottery ticket. That first, uh, Griselda is being harassed before they kill the husband for the stuff that she's been stealing or drinking out of the bottles, and he's like, "You have my lottery ticket." And then eventually, like Mo takes the lottery ticket when she, you know, uh, robs them when they first show up, and she's like, "I'm gonna win this." So she does, mm-hmm. and she has this whole like trip where she just goes into like Baltimore, and she goes to Johns Hopkins University to get a sex change. But she's like, "I'm in a hurry. Like, just do it today. Like, it's something you just like get your get your hair done." Yeah. Um, and it's so funny. So the first time I saw this movie, uh, I had purchased the VHS. It was used at the old Django record store in Portland. Like, it went away in like the like, early 2000s, um, but it was, like, a really awesome old, like, jazz record store that had turned into, like, kind of a, almost a punk rock music shop. It had so much, like, just weird, crazy shit in there, but they had tons and tons of VHS. So I buy this, and I'm at home watching it. I had a roommate at the time, and it's right in the middle of the scene when Mole is cutting off her dick, 
and they just walk right in the door and I didn't know I'm like uh, I couldn't stop it because it would have made what I'm watching look even more crazy I'm like oh hey guys this is just this weird movie I'm watching um, oh, John man. Waters and it was just like it was just awkward enough especially because my friend's my roommate's friend that she brought with her was like very um, kind of like a you know Christian Montana girl like very like not like someone that would just be like oh haha this is funny just like oh what are you what is this um uh, there's and really, it is a gnarly scene yeah. to me, even like i mean even if you've seen a lot of gnarly stuff it's still gross there's only like three people i know that'd be okay with that scene <laughs> and you're one of them and i'm one of them and maybe there's one more it's so, I mean, like yeah it's just it's hard i was saying during the film i was like uh I thought the the click cutting in Antichrist was bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah. they're on, they're like they're not as realistic looking, Cut but they're off. like on on par. I with... love the flashbacks too. Like yeah, uh, Liz Renee like Muffy like her flashback of like uh, how she ended because it's like how did you end up in Mortville? And she has the whole thing with her and her husband coming back from a party and he's drunk. They're just like fighting, just like whatever suburban nonsense. And they come home. And find the babysitter's throwing some, like, really cool party. Yes. <laughs> it's like, they're like, where's the baby? Like, what's going on? She's like, and the, She's like the, I don't know. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. She's, like, in their bed, like, yeah. fucking or whatever. Um, and then she finds the baby in the in the actual refrigerator. It's, like, legitimately a toddler <laughs> in a refrigerator. And they pull it out. And, of course, the kid's terrified. I'm just like, oh, my God. Thank God I didn't show my wife this movie. <laughs> and I was thinking, too, I was like, if my wife hated the yelling in female trouble. Oh yeah. Ooh, she wouldn't have been able to get through the shrill sounds of the, well, opening. the opening the opening. Yeah. yeah, scream fast. It just sounded like my mom in high school when she was going through pet menopause. When I was in high school, she was not. Um yeah. So great. But then she ends up uh Lizard ends up like murdering the the babysitter by stuffing her face in dog food. Uh, and kills her and then her husband tries to get her and she's running out into the car and her husband sticks his head in the car and she rolls up the window and traps it and then just drives off yes and she's known as the dog food murderess yes that's how she ended up there and then Mole was like a wrestler Mm -hmm. and then she has this like she's still like kind of femme I guess in this period and she has this amazing like leotard with an enormous like the craziest nastiest looking vagina that like goes all the way up basically to her boobs like yeah. just her entire belly is like in a giant like gaping vagina it's so awesome what a great wrestler like if i went to some backyard <laughs> they do this back or they used to do this backyard wrestling in portland and some of the people i worked with would go there on sundays because that's when they do it and i'm like if i went there and saw like a wrestler like her i I'd just get season tickets oh yeah like, it's so awesome and then she ends up like finding this like fucking really gross dude and then ends up gouging his eyes out with uh uh, like a high heel shoe, mm-hmm. and it looks so gnarly. She squishes the, sh- the eye. I love the crowd too. Yeah, because a lot of it seems like his people, like just people in Baltimore, For and sure. his weird friends. and his friends. Yeah, yeah. You could tell like who his friends they, were. They're homies. They're homies. That one shirt that we saw is like, I'm so happy I could shit. Oh yeah, yeah. And they um and what movie they he they said that multiple maniacs. Goes. Oh yeah, it's just like right. I love you so fucking much I could shit. David, yeah, that's right. Which this is uh, not only Divine's on this, but David is no longer yeah with us, and he he's was, not in the film either. Yeah, off on his PCP, his final destination at this point. Yeah, it is. It is interesting not having David, but also especially with Divine, it's just like it's kind of like Lennon and McCartney. It's like yeah. when they split up. I'm sure they had some hits mm-hmm. on their own, but like when they were together, that's where the real magic was. Like because the ones I. I mean, 
multiple maniacs and then yeah pink flamingos polyester female trouble hairspray it's just like those are the ones people remember maybe not multiple maniacs that oh, just yeah. kind of got resurrected but i'm like those are that's the mount rushmore everything else is just you know oh yeah whipped cream it's so great um yeah i mean divine was also like doing because at this point divine has been so like popular uh she you know was doing her recording stuff and all of her appearances and obviously the plays and... actually yeah, i didn't know much about divine outside of the john waters world i'm glad she did oh there's an shit. amazing documentary called i am divine yeah which um, i believe i saw whenever it came out like 10 years ago or something i remember nothing about it oh yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it, you would definitely appreciate it a lot more now knowing yeah. all the stuff um yeah that is a really really good documentary um yeah and there's just like oh edith massey is queen carlotta in this yeah. movie which i was thinking like finally john was like all right i'm gonna cut you some slack it's like you were in that fucking crib in a freezing ass trailer in Baltimore and pink flamingos. Oh yeah. You're in this like crazy dominatrix outfit in the freezing cold and female trouble. It's like you're a queen now. Oh yeah. Or, yeah. She's always in cages. Yeah. She's always like, you know, in a bird cage or in like a you know, uh, like a playpen or it's just so yeah, it's nuts. So yeah, she gets to actually be queen here and she has a, all of her minions are like gay leather queens yes and it's so great and it's just the castle they built like all the sets are just so crazy because um yeah there's like a drawbridge and it just it seems like some like fucked up theme park yeah it's so great it's like true world building it's like um you know like a small scale version of water world Uh uh-huh it's like they got to build that huge set in honolulu and waters had just some backyard in maryland Mm -hmm. in October. <laughs> it's just Yeah, it's still definitely and three thousand dollars. Yeah. Or whatever. Just made it work. It's great. Totally like, all the internal sets. There's a lot of stuff like obviously like his paintings. Like there's inside the castle there's like a painting of uh Charles Manson, Adolf Hitler, and Idi Amin. And then there's like just lots of like just crazy art and like everything just looks so nuts, like crazy pillars and I was hoping um, to find like that Warhol that's in all of his movies. Just like hiding somewhere. Totally. Um, I, yeah, the, quite some, yeah, a lot of gnarly nudity per usual. Oh, yeah. For John. Jean but Hill in particular, like some of those scenes with her and uh, Mink Stoll, like their sex scene is so crazy. Looking. Because it's, there's such polar opposites physique wise. Mm-hmm. You're like, here's this like olive oil, like from Popeye and her. <laughs> You're just yeah. like, yo. And yeah, John Waters just, has plenty of nudity in all of his films, but it's never like enticing. Like you're never like, oh yeah, like if, oh yeah. If no. you know, if we didn't have smartphones and Pornhub didn't exist or whatever, and I was like a kid and I had this on VHS, uh, I I doubt I'd rewind much to like no. pause it on the right moment and be like, look at that. It's like it's always it's ugly. More fascinating. It's just like you just like it's Whoa. it's like a freak show. Yeah, like all of his movies, like all the dicks, all the tits, all the butts, everything. You're just like. And he always dirties them up. They're always like a little like muddy. Oh, yeah, he adds some scabs. And, and yeah, you're just like, God damn. Like he just Well I love this also I love that um that scene when Carlotta's having her stripper like dance for her. And it's yeah. just like I mean, all the dialogue is just I mean, it's always really great in all his movies. Um but it just like he's like so blase and she's just like trying to think like I was 
she's all pissed off about like shit going on in the town. She has this proclamation of backwards day where everyone has to walk around with their clothes on backwards. They have to walk around backwards. And so someone like throws like a mud pie at her. She's like pissed off and wants to like blow the town up. But then instead they decided to concoct this idea to uh, infect everyone with rabies. And it's, yeah, and then he's just like trying to help her plot that. It's really great. She's also really pissed off because her daughter, Princess Cuckoo, played by Marion Vivian Pierce, <laughs> is she's engaged to the nudist colony's garbage man. Um, and then, like, that's a whole, like, scandal. So they're, like, kind of at war. And, and I love when they actually go to the nudist colony and, like, uh, Cuckoo's, like, with the fucking, like, the guy that she's supposed to be with. And he's, like, totally just overdoses and dead. She's, like, dragging around his dead body. Lots of, like, weird corpses and things in this movie. Mm-hmm. Way more than uh, the other... The other movies. Yeah, I mean... This is like Game of Thrones, basically. Yes, Game of Bones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, like, yeah, I... It's wild. I Even, like, when it comes to uh, Minkstol's death at the end, which is, like, one of my favorite lines from the film, because... Um, it, what, I forgot her name, uh, who was supposed to be divine in the film. Uh, oh, Mole? Yeah, oh, like, yeah. like Mole just like shoving like a pistol up her butthole and just going, blow it out your ass, and then just <laughs> blows her away. I'm like, now that's how you use that phrase. Yeah, just be very literal. It's, yeah. There's all of that stuff. I love like me still, how, her transition too, because she's like first like the frazzled, kind of beige housewife, whatever, and then... Um, by the end, she's basically turned into the evil queen from Snow White. Yeah. And she's, like, mixing this huge cauldron of rabies to infect everybody with. And then when uh, Princess Cuckoo gets it, and it's Mary Vivian Pierce, who is, like, in real life, she's a beautiful woman. And she, you know, obviously you could tell in, like, multiple maniacs in the early movies. Even Pink Flamingo, she's still very glamorous. But she looks so crazy. She has this, like, green foam, like, drilling out of her mouth. And yeah. She's so, like, beat up. And she's just like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of people look so sick or dead-like or... Um, and, you know, like... I'm sure the working conditions were so bad, too, on top of that. And I'm just like, it's it just adds layers. And you'd also, if you want to read into it, it's probably also a lot of the things that those people were going through at that time. Sure. Like, everyone's so fucked up on drugs. Yeah. And, like the whatever 70s hangover was already going on. It's just like, we need to make this shit like way more gnarly and yeah. more grim. It's kind of like, you know, it's almost, it had, it had been eight years since they filmed Multiple Maniacs mm-hmm. and they're all like fresh face and sure they're all on speed or whatever, but it's like when you drank in your late teens, early 20s or did those kind of drugs or stuff, like you can wake up the next day and still look like a million bucks. It's like, now you're starting to get in your 30s. It's starting to show. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's just starting to show on everybody a little bit at this point. And you just, uh, like, just need to make it, yeah. That plus in everything in glorious color now. Oh, and yeah. uh, just add, uh, you know, three three pounds of disgusting makeup. And you just got some freaks on your It's on really your amazing, too, this movie. Because this one is, in some ways, like, the, it's the roughest or the... I almost I hate to say like most aggressive because I mean all of them do you know <laughs> but there's something especially like nasty about this movie the others and it's always so crazy to me to think that he went from this and his next movie is polyester that's what I was going to bring up like next huge, like yeah uh, you know and that was intentional to make polyester like more of a slick you know fifties melodrama um, but it's like when you really watch them all back to back it's like it's it's such a change in like. Uh, direction, mm-hmm. you know, but it still keeps a lot of you know, his humor and a lot of those things that he's kind of built off of. But it just strips it off of those those elements that um, you know, like this is the 
only freaks, you know, would watch this movie or could sure. deal with it. But you, you don't see people make go that extreme in one way and then usually bounce. No, not at all. And you, yeah, I mean, Pink Flamingos is a huge hit. And then we were talking about Female Trouble last time and how it wasn't really. Do you know how this one was received? I don't think this one was as well received at the time. Um, yeah. So maybe that was another reason for him to, like, get off of it, too. It's like, all right, well, this ship sailed. Maybe I should just... yeah chill or at least make this for a broader audience even though polyester still isn't really for a broad audience but it's still like it's an easier pill to swallow well he's also i think yeah also the jump from doing you know getting like the like for liz renee so i know when he got her for this movie she was performing like in like la or vegas or somewhere and he went and found her and you know basically was like okay like i can I don't know whatever he offered her, but mm-hmm. it was a lot for his budget, but it wasn't, um, you know, obviously a lot Hollywood style. But he only kind of gave her a, an outline of the movie. He didn't give her tell her everything because um, he was afraid she would turn it down. But it's funny because she really like goes all in. Oh, she's to, like, all in. All of the crazy things going on. Um, she looks like she's having more fun than anybody in this oh, movie. Oh, totally. She's like, and this is like really like her big movie role, really. Um, but it's funny thinking about, um, you know, so he's kind of coaxing the star and he gets Liz Renee and then he, you know, jumps up with polyester and then he gets Tab Hunter, you know, and just yeah. like, uh, you know, even that is kind of like another step up. I mean, Tab Hunter was considered like kind of a wash up at that point, but he's still like, I mean, he's fucking Tab Hunter and he'd been, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of great of kind of, you know, ignored movies from like the fifties and the sixties by this point. But, and then he goes um, polyester to hairspray. Yes. So then yeah, after Tab Hunter, then you get like Jerry Stiller and Ricky Lake and all those people. Just, yeah. And that was also because there was stuff he meant to be making in the meantime. He was trying to make uh, the sequel to Pink Flamingos. Um, like, is it Flamingos Forever? And that was in like the early mid 80s, like right after Polyester. But then Edith Massey had died mm-hmm. at that point. And so then that had kind of like fallen through and. There were other things. He's also started like doing his books and stuff. Like Shock yeah. Value would come out, and he Hollywood was like, Babylon was that? No, that's I uh, kind of anger. Oh, that's no, right, that's really. right. But um, yeah, like uh, yeah, I think Shock Value was the first one, and that uh, was also when he was basically spending his time like resurrecting the career of Russ Meyer or like the notoriety. Um, like he was the kind of person who put Faster Pussycat on everyone's um, radar, and just a lot of that kind of beginning the career that he's kind of holds now yeah being this kind of celebrity curator um you know kind of personality i mean we need people like him to show us the way oh yeah i can't imagine my life without russ meyer now oh yeah thank you well it's like that sense of humor and i think that it was that thing where he was able and i think because of john waters understanding of like say like the high art world or like you know those kinds of um it's like the you have his helping us you have to have good taste to have bad taste or mm-hmm. to know bad taste or you know well, we were so, speaking on like Fellini how like I, I was saying that story I think of uh Pink Flamingos how he went and saw it because Andy Warhol took him you're like of course he would he would love that movie all totally. the freaks that he would get in his films like Fellini loved the circus and he loved freak shows and it's like yeah that's it makes total sense. Oh, totally. And I think that he was able to kind of tether those two worlds. So it, you know, I think like maybe just be able to make the connections to be able to make these things happen. Um, but yeah, but it's, this is what's so crazy about this movie is it's so, it's so nuts to me. And there's just so many, there's just still like funny little things in it. Like I love that scene when they end up going to that crazy bar and there's the, uh, 
<laughs> the glory holes for tits. Yes. Um, like that is just such a funny idea. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's just like a kind of a little throw off gag that, you know, him and his friends are probably just like laughing their ass off about. And they're like, okay, this is, we're going to put this in. Yeah. Um, and just these kind of like little, little details that are also things that stick in your head. That, I mean, all those movies have like that, those little like bits of dialogue of these um, things. So it's not just like, a simple crazy idea or he's just going out to shock you there's kind of this really funny sensibility that like makes these movies really fun to go back and watch and rewatch, um you know whatever a million times yeah i mean he's just endlessly fascinating yeah i know it's i, I mean it's i know he's as far as like now with his career because after this yeah it's like polyester hairspray crybaby serial mom um cecil, pecker oh cecil be demented yeah and then eventually um um, a filthy shame or dirty shame. Now my brain isn't working. Um, I think it's dirty shame. Yeah, and that was his his last movie. But he's kind of like, kind of like, oh, you know, could I make a movie? But it's like, you know, now he's like seventy five, and it's like it's a lot of work. And then you know, also like, you know, how could you recreate everyone's the crazy dead. dynamic? Yeah, of like yeah. These people, like he just was, he happened to know, you know, hang out with all these crazy freaks and these kind of young creative people. And now I think if you tried doing something like that, it would be almost too much of a put on, uh-huh. you know, it would be too much like people who already are in the know. And it's that thing where the outsiders and the insider, or it's like, it's not, it wouldn't truly be outsider. It would be almost like, uh, you know, it's like a punk band trying to make a new punk album and having the same energy and yeah. political attitudes that they had then. It's like, there's this, uh, this thing though, you know, it's funny. He, one project he did a few years ago that I think is really amazing did you hear the Pink Flamingos thing? Yes, with the kids. With the kids. Yeah. And I didn't see it. Is it... I have never saw it. I mean, I think they might have filmed it's called, it at some Was point. it called Kitty Flamingos? Something or like something that. Or something like that. Yeah. It's a, a kid-friendly version of Pink Flamingos put on by children. Yeah. And it's like this, a lot of you. stuff that he's able to keep the dialogues. It's like kids don't understand it. And the parents, you know, like it's so surreal and crazy. I'm like, that is actually kind of transgressive and really interesting yeah he found a new way yeah so i think you know he's still he's still got it he still does his art and he does clever as fuck a lot of other he hasn't lost his things because when you hear him do panel anywhere or do something for the criterion or like whatever you're just like smart as whip still there's no sign of age Mm -hmm. as far as his mind is concerned um yeah it's it's funny i the last because I'd seen Cecil B. Demented a million times, and I haven't seen it since I was, like, you know, 13, 14. Yeah, so I've like so long. I barely remember anything. But um, the last movie I did see of his that is of a later period was Serial Mom. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's good. Um, it's, like, not, like, amazing or whatever, but I had a fun time with it. And was it Kathleen Turner? Yeah, Kathleen Turner. She, I mean, it's an amazing performance. There's some performance. great parts in that. And also, like, I remember he, in the commentary to that, he talks about... Like just being able to get that cast. Yes. You know, he's just like, yeah, I have like Kathleen Turner and I have Sam Waterston and, you know. Yeah. And they're, you know, working with Pink, Pink Stoll and, you know, like it's it's so just crazy. It's really, um, yeah. It, yeah, when you when you look at it that way, it's crazy. I wish it could have got... Patty Hearst and all those people. He's like... <laughs> it's really bizarre because, uh, especially watching these other movies now from the 70s, because like, he wanted to do that Herschel Gordon-Lewis violence. Mm-hmm. And with Serial Mommy, he had the opportunity. He's like, now you can really, you got the budget, you can make it really crazy and gory, and he just doesn't go there at all. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, that's kind of a wasted opportunity, I think. Especially if you're like doing this serial killer movie. Yeah. I don't know. Like It's just like, you should have done more with that. Uh, 
that was that was uh, one of my gripes with it. But there really aren't many. It's still a good movie, but it isn't anything like anything from the seventies. It's like a yeah, almost a completely different person, which makes sense because people grow up or people evolve and whatnot. So yeah, if he ever did return to direct anything, which he probably won't. It wouldn't be anything like what we just discussed over these last four episodes, and it shouldn't anyway. It's like with John Carpenter, how like he hasn't directed anything in a while, and people are like, "Oh, you should direct something." It's like, yeah, but his last like three movies were trash. Like, is anybody watching Ghosts of Mars now? Yeah, it's like that's done. Like, he's not gonna make the thing again. He's not gonna. It's like he did. I mean, it's not. I mean, yeah, love, what's, what's done is like, done. What you know, you can't kind of recapture that thing. And also, if no. he did do something that was really amazing, it's probably not gonna be what you what you want it to be um, and that's you know usually the case there's very few people that can re- really kind of keep uh, that kind of level of quality up and even yeah. like you know it's been a, you know been a few years now even since Cronenberg uh, has done anything but you know he was one of the few people who like consistently like his new stuff you're like wow like he still I know has something really it, it's not always things you necessarily um, gravitate towards initially you know even things like cosmopolis and some of those things but it's like there's definitely there's like a perspective here and there's something something happening i think that's always really important with an artist where like even if it's not like they're not going to remake that thing with the no. same feelings that you you want and your nostalgia for that thing but as long as they they have something still to say yeah um and there could be different platforms now with the way technology is these days like john mm-hmm. waters can just have like probably the dopest podcast you'd ever hear if you ever wanted to start one. But luckily there's all these outlets like, you know, any late night talk show to like any kind of streaming platform, like the newly arrow or uh shutter criterion. He can just like pop on and do something. He does his burger boogaloo thing mm-hmm. in Oakland. Uh, he does That's his really Christmas fun. show. He does like he a does... traveling Christmas show. He did the Valentine's show. I mean, I, I don't know how much he'll be doing that in the COVID for real. He's times, old. But, yeah. And it's like, yeah, gathering all these people in theaters is gonna be crazy. Yeah, but yeah. man, if he's ever coming to a, a, a town near me, uh, he likes coming to Portland. I'm yeah, I'm going next time. I am every he was coming like every year. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm definitely going next time. I hope to see the man in person because yeah. man, he's, he's the best. He really is. Son of a bitch. All right, we did it. We, we did. did. Uh, we did the '70s John Waters films. Yeah. Any idea what's coming next, or we got to mull over it for a little bit? No, we have a, a few few options. Nothing set in stone. Sweet. Cool. Well, um, I guess keep it purely casual. Yeah, talk to you soon. Bye.